This is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty Show, where I invite the most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners to share their experiences, processes, practical tips, and inspirations. Today with me is Adam Knapp. Adam has been leading people towards success in their lives for over two decades. As a leader, educator, mentor, coach, father, and journeyer himself, Adam has discovered how to assist others in finding themselves successful at what they are aiming towards. Adam leads clients through the unknown using tools and success points easily identifiable by the client. Follow through and commitment often are best maintained with help from a committed ally. Using mindfulness tools, business tools, organizational tools, and many others, a client discovers what to do next for their success. Most journey begins with so many unknowns and heading towards new discoveries and new knowns. The problems arise whenever we get in our own way. I brought Adam on to talk about his experience as a leader, educator, mentor, and coach. But first, Adam, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the invite. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Yeah, it's such a pleasure to be able to at least connect with people in this way. You and I, back when I was working my contract with the Women's Business Center, were able to meet in person um, before Corona yeah. really took over. And that was really exciting to see you kind of at this point of your career that you were really ready to grow and scale. And so I'm, I'm really thankful to have you on today to unpack that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been a great journey and um, it's been fun to watch, uh, you know, people that we know in the local business area growing and uh, developing their businesses. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And I mean, we can kind of come back to what this last year did, because I know for most of us, it was a pivot no matter what, but let's kind of go back a little bit further. What really drew you to the work that you're doing now, you know, as a leader, educator, mentor, what, what was your younger life like? What was your college experience like? Talk me through how you got to where you are today. Uh, well, I think, the thing that's really um, most uh, top of mind for me is the fact that I came to this area because I wanted to live in a place that would support my lifestyle of being an outdoors person, um, being someone who likes to uh, challenge himself. Um, and then in this process of uh, moving to Western Car Carolina, go to Warren Wilson College, um, got my degree there in literature and creative writing. Um, I learned that uh, helping people and serving others uh, was really my number one thing. Uh, it's it's where I gained most of my insight for how to be a successful person. Uh, helping people has always been a um, kind of a conduit for, you know, like uh, giving people the, uh, a hand towards what they wanted. Um, I'm a multi-generational uh, teacher. My grandparents, my great-grandparents, my dad, my mom, and my brother was is even a teacher. And wow. in, in the realm of being a, an educator, you know, we're always coaching people. We're always supporting people and um, always looking out for other people's best interests. And I think as I made the transition towards a coaching business, I realized that the business is a way for me to serve myself. Um, you know, hitting midlife, going through transitions with 
my health and going through transitions through just my ideology, I realized that I could serve best if I was able to work on a one-to-one basis or a one-to-two or three basis rather than one and, you know, 60. Right, right. (laughs) And being bound into some of our education systems of showing up, you know, eight days a week. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. It's, it's it's nice to have the fluidity of of the nature seasons mm-hmm. um because the seasons sort of dictate how people operate uh and so i have clients who uh you know enjoy being outdoors so we have our client meetings on hikes you know or i have clients who are you know really into you know having the sit down face to face type stuff so i'm able to kind of move into a sit down face to face wherever they'd like to meet. Um, the flexibility and the autonomy is, has been really a beautiful experience. Well, but, and I would imagine too yeah. that the fact that your family is a family of educators and clearly caretakers and leaders, that there is this ingrained societal kind of understanding, like we said, that we are supposed to give for it to be an equal exchange. And so I really just want to hit on the fact that you said part of your business was born out of you actually taking care of yourself and trying to meet your own needs in a way that traditional institutions are not really allowing us to do so nowadays. And I just find that to be such a valuable conversation for anyone who is struggling to create the life that they want. That entrepreneurialism is certainly not a quick fix. It's not easy. It's not like, you know, the shiny object path, but it can provide this really beautiful sense of autonomy and freedom and even deeper serving. The fact that you said you're able to really work with your clientele in a higher level, high touch way that suits them best is something that again, in traditional education and institutions, we just don't have the opportunity to do. Right. And, you know, to your point, the idea of, of seeing my business through the lens of building <clears throat> myself, um, you know, in the, the <clears throat> excuse me, in the old way of my thinking, that would have been selfish. Yeah, I know. I'm really glad you brought the word selfish up because I was thinking that was important for us to unpack about the idea of us doing what's right for us is not equaling selfish. So thank you for bringing that up, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think it's there's a developmental piece to that with human development. We go through various cycles and, you know, we are, you know, in an acquisition mind in our earlier years and we seek to acquire, acquire. And I think, you know, there's something right about realizing that I need to take care of myself so I can show up for everyone else. And when that is seen as being selfish and felt as being selfish, then there's emotion that arises, anxieties and self-doubts and, you know, start getting into self-sabotage behaviors and stuff. But if those emotions are kind of quelled through a mindfulness practice or some sort of uh, qualitative, like, deepening in the body, those emotions dissipate and it becomes awareness. And then once awareness kind of settles and there's this concept of, you know, what I do for myself 
allows me to be best for others. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very little that can be accomplished. Uh, you know, gosh, so much can be accomplished, you know, very little. Yeah. And I, I think the idea um, of the, the term mindfulness and, and unpacking that is going to be important for some of the audience and, and some of the listeners, but doing that in an effort to break your own cycles and to yeah. get out of your own limiting beliefs, like you said, so that you can be most successful, not only for yourself, but whatever your dreams and passions really are. And for a lot of us caretakers, a lot of us service-based entrepreneurs, that is a really important limiting belief to really unpack. The idea that I should be throwing everybody else's oxygen on mask before myself is certainly the one that's going to kill us, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I've, um, I've, I've recognized more and more the value of um, being patient and uh, you know, being decisive and those qualities are sharpening and those qualities are continually needing to be sharpened. And I find if, if I am that, if I create those behaviors for myself, I'm better able to do that for my clients. Mm. And, I love that. Well, let's like, if you don't mind, let's talk about that idea a little bit. Again, mindfulness is such a, I feel like a hot button term. Everybody uses it. Can we have you describe what mindfulness really looks like and maybe talk about some of the practices you either use with your clients or that you use with yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, mindfulness, as you noted, is definitely on the rise as far as the <laughs> awareness in the, the common culture, because it's a buzzword and it it uh, or a biz word, but it has. <laughs> Ooh, I like what you did there. <laughs> it has uh, it has a lot of value, um, but ultimately, what it is is the capacity to be able to sit in one's own self, mm-hmm. uh, to be be oneself without judgment. Uh, and you know, there are various practices to be able to do that. Some people do it through uh, a various bodily kinesthetic strategies, through meditation, through hiking, through swimming, through cycling through whatever sport some people do it through musical um choose a craft a skill a love a passion and get into the flow of it you know get into the the juice of it and lose yourself yeah um there's a more subtle depth to it though i think with people who do mindfulness practice a lot and there's you know the breath is involved you know, releasing the mind. Um, so, you know, you start getting into the concepts of meditation. Um, and, you know, meditation is one in particular. I've talked about a little bit on some of the episodes. But again, people, I think, get really afraid of this concept where meditation means I'm supposed to have this empty mind. And that is not at all the truth around meditation. There's <laughs> thousands yeah. of practices that actually yeah. teach you how to receive the thoughts you're having. And one of the ones that I really have loved is this visualization of a sky. And when Mm. you're really, really crowded with thoughts and ideas, that sky is all gray with clouds Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, fog in your way. But that blue Mm -hmm. sky is still behind there. That clarity Mm -hmm. is still there. And so the point is to allow those clouds, allow that fog to move through and to not just sit there and hang. And so I just really love making sure people are aware that meditation is not some practice we should be sitting on a mountaintop completely empty and void of thoughts and feelings, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, you know, take your take your uh, imaginative kind of perspective and one more step, you know, okay, you have blue sky and now you're, you're sitting in the earth's atmosphere 
take it beyond the Earth's atmosphere and start realizing that our our Earth is an orb within multiple cosmos. Mm-hmm. And you start looking at the idea that if we take our Earth as a one neuron, one brain cell, one thought, and then we take our our thinking, our breath outside of that one thought, we realize there are multiple thoughts. Something happens once we realize that we're connected to all these other to either you know neural activities or organic activities with you know butterflies and dogs mm-hmm. and bees and humans the sensation of realizing that we're all connected and that my breath is connected to your breath and or my thinking can be can drop out of importance for five to 20 minutes however one decides to sit or to release something happens in the emotional body when there's a release of attachment to the brain or to the thoughts mm-hmm. and when that detachment occurs that's the magic and consistently done what happens and this is the this is the i think the trick of mindfulness when we practice often enough when we get into a moment where things are sketchy or there's stress, but we have that practice behind us, we can remember the practice we have and we can bring that into the moment where we need it right now. For instance, if there's a car situation going on, you're on the road, you're driving along, you're, you're needing to get to you know your next appointment, you're not in a hurry, but then something happens all of a sudden your heart rate increases and you're, 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 there's a trouble on the road, there's a delay, then all these thoughts start coming to mind. Then you, you know, the, just the, the mind takes over, but nothing else has changed. So if we can take our mindfulness practice, bring it into the present moment where something is happening, release ourselves from attachments to that, we actually can keep a healthier physiological relationship to ourselves we keep our anxieties down our stresses down and our worries down uh and just allow for us to have you know acceptance and And like like you were saying too understanding that those thoughts and those behaviors start to take over our body the conversation mm -hmm. nowadays about mind body syndrome and understanding Mm -hmm. that we have power not saying Mm -hmm. that there isn't sickness i'm not saying that there isn't you know things without of our control but there is so much that is within our control and and being able to sit in that mindfulness concept on every level when you're possible, right? You know mm-hmm. what foods you put in your body that make you feel good and what don't. And not that sure. I'm saying don't eat that cake or don't eat that you know, sweet sure. or whatever thing that makes you feel bad. Do that with mindfulness. Don't do that in that self-loathing and self-deprecation because you're seeking awareness. You know, So that concept of being mindful allows you to sink into what need do I have? How am I trying to fulfill it? And is this for my best good? Or am I kind of grasping at the straws that are going to kind of put the band-aids over the giant gaping wounds, you know? <laughs> right, right. And, you know, like, just to your point, there's that idea where, you know, gratitude, um, you know, having, mm. you know, you know, graciousness around eating that cake, you know, and enjoying yes. each bite. And, and then complementing it with, you know, some H2O and just creating a balance. So the body is, 
you know, enjoying this treat, but also enjoying this nourishment with the water or the balance with the mm -hmm. nice cup of coffee or whatever. But that when we start putting ourselves down for the quality of life that we have, how can that create a service orientation? There's because it's vibrational, people are going to feel and that's not going to attract clients. You know, yeah. that's not going to bring value to a client if I'm not bringing value to myself. And so it is, it's a tricky thing. It's not as easy <laughs> as it seems. You know? and, it's, and it's a lifelong journey too, right, oh, Adam? We know absolutely. that we're not sitting here thinking that either one of us are going to be in this position sometime in this life where I'm void of getting into, you know, my lower self and void of desperately seeking love and self-worth outside of me, even though I know better, you know, like right, we're, right. we're going to have those moments and those falters, but that is the journey of life, right? Is constantly being sure. willing to grow, constantly sure. being willing to stay curious. And I think it's really exciting that you're able to do that in this small one-on-one -on -one workshop way with your clients. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, the, the construct of, you know, working with clients and the construct of working with groups of people, you know, the effort that is found within the self, before the event even begins, the, the interaction, the meeting, whatever, um, sets the tone. And, you know, it's like, I think one of the biggest things I find my clients are able to get out of, you know, some simple mindfulness tools is remembering to be on time. And, you know, I heard once that sometimes, you know, to be on time means for be on time for a 12 o'clock meeting means to be there at 1155. Mm -hmm. And the trick of that is that five minutes before 12 o'clock is sort of a grounding time, a meditation time, a showing up in the entire self time. Yeah, sinking into the presence of whatever yeah. situation is in front of you, which Absolutely. we don't give ourselves nowadays, really. So I mm -hmm. love that your work is really trying to refocus that. And I would imagine over the last year with COVID and all of those pivots, that's just become even more valuable to have mentors and leaders like you walking us through that path. Oh, yeah, it's it's been sort of it's been mind-blowing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about real quick? Are there any specific mindfulness practices or rituals that you really find yourself really resonating with? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I've realized in the past, you know, let's say couple months that have, especially since spring has sprung and the uh, animals and the insects is whenever I hear a bird song, Whenever I hear a sound of an insect or the, the crunch of a hoof or a footfall, I pay particular attention to that with mm -hmm. my breath. I, I breathe into the sound of nature and I just show up for that moment. And I, it's just a split moment. It's not, I don't sit down and, and wait for this magical thing. I just, I remember that the animal kingdom or the natural world around me is a vibration inviting me to be a part of. Mm. And it is the vibration that our whole, you know, world at least that we are operating in is is functioning around. And so instead of us thinking that we're the ones who are ruling every single thing in our world, let's like you said step back a little bit and realize we're 
just as small as that ant or that butterfly that's flitting by us in that moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and that and that's just kind of that's just you know a living in the day sort of practice. Walking from the grocery store to my car. Um, if it starts raining, instead of like hunching my shoulders and start running, I've I just I take a breath. I let the drops kind of drip, and I continue towards my destination rather than like resist the moment that has arisen. I arrive at the moment that has arisen and, and allow for it to guide me. I love that. Well, I think that this is a perfect opportunity for anybody who is inspired to be able to tap more into themselves, the day-to-day -day reality. Um, can you let the listeners know how they can connect with you, how they can possibly hire you and work with you? Sure. Uh, NathCreative.com uh, is one of the best ways. And there's a contact sheet there you can sign up and uh, we can get a free 30 minute consultation or you can hit me up with my uh you know my email adam at napcreative.org um i've got a phone number i don't know a reason go for yeah. it yeah say it out loud if you want on yeah. here and then we'll also have it in the show notes too okay 828-318-4018 um nap creative coaching is um you know around to help and guide you towards your goals. Thank and, um, you. Adam, yeah. it was such a pleasure to have you on today. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate the invite and you know, it's perfect opportunity. You know, this is such a beautiful time that we have. Yes, it really is. And as always, this is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty Show, where we share tips and tools of our community's most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in, and please connect by visiting bizradioashville.com or on Instagram at jphcreativebiz. I would love to hear your show suggestions or any questions that you may have. And as always, stay creative. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.